life of Abraham, right? You saw the life of Noah. And here's another great patriarch in Exodus, the life of Moses. It's just going to be a short little excerpt. We've spent so much time on Moses in the past, and we're just going to kind of brush over some things about his life. And what, what God used in his life to prepare him to accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. I was just talking to a cousin of mine this week, and, uh, and um, she has grown up with, uh, with challenges, not personal challenges, but within her own family, and, um, and which caused her to have to live a certain way. And then she has carried that on through a marriage and has uh, made it a, a very difficult marriage. Um, a lot of needs that were there to her spouse, and, uh, and she's still there, I mean, f- trying to fulfill those needs, and a very difficult situation. And uh, I said to her, I said, isn't it interesting, do you, I mean, y- your own family member had this issue that you grew up with, and now your husband has this issue, and uh, do you feel like this is kind of your comfort zone? Now, she has a degree in psychology and all of this, uh, very smart, you know, up in, they live up, you know, another part of the, another state now. But anyway, I said, do you feel that this was kind of your comfort zone? She goes, yeah, actually it is. That's all I know is this type of trial and turmoil in, in relationships and, and with people, you know. And uh, she goes, but obviously God prepared me for this because this I am, I am now in my marriage what I grew up with in one of my parents. And uh, so, and very challenging. But we see this, God puts people in circumstances and things we have grown up with in adversity, put things into our life to prepare us to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. The bad things, absolutely the bad things. How much do you really learn from good things? Think about it. How much do you really learn? Well, you learn you like it, <laughs> right? You learn you really enjoy when, when the finances are okay, right? And... Uh, but uh, what you find out so, so often is when it's good all the time, boy, it's really easy to kind of, kind of walk away from your relationship with the Lord, not walk away from it, but boy, just kind of get stagnant, right? Because why? You got what you need. I mean, it's just going great. I love it. I've said it before. God told Adam, he said, uh, he, said he, he, is, he, he cursed the ground with thorns and thistles. He said, I've cursed the ground for thy sake. Think about that word, for thy sake. He did it for Adam's sake. He did it for our sake. That's what it says. And I think one of the reasons that he has done that, if, if we had the curse and no weeds and no thorns, we, we would we'd, we'd never seek God. We, we'd never respond to his drawing. I mean, when we do respond, you know, how many, how many this morning you wouldn't raise your hand, but you know, you've looked at, over your life, you see where you're sitting this morning, you're like, yeah, I'm backslidden. I know I am. I'm not as close to the Lord as I used to be. And you know it. You know it. What causes that many times? Not normally is that adversity. You see, yes, that happens sometimes. And because we let bitterness get in and we get ruled by bitterness and we walk away from God instead of dealing with the bitterness. But a lot of times it's when things are going well. It's when things are going well and God's blessing and uh, just kind of smooth sailing, right? And so God uses things in our life to get us uh, where he 
wants us to be, to be usable to others. See, that's the end of our life as well. That's the purpose of our being, not only to glorify God in everything, but, but to be usable. I think, here, you know, I've been thinking about this lately. We have lost the idea of servanthood. We are servants of the living God. I mean, that's incredible. You say, well, that, that sounds scary. Okay, fine. We'll continue serving yourself and see how it, how it works. Continue serving the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. See how that works out, right? It's not, it, it's not satisfying. There's no joy in that. There's no lasting joy in that. And we find out God has designed us and created us uh, to serve him. And uh, the only alternative is to serve Satan himself. You know, it's like, well, I don't want to be told who to serve. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're serving somebody, whether you, whether you think you are or not. And uh, God has created us and enabled us to serve him. And I'm telling you, I could spend a lot of time here. I know I've not gotten to our text yet in Exodus. <laughs> but man, we are living in a society right now. The, this American society is all about self. It's so self-centered. Look at this. Look at this. You know what? We have these things. It's all about self. I left my phone at home yesterday, and uh, we had to go over to uh, uh, our grandson's birthday party. His birthday was yesterday, and we had to go over there to the birthday, and I left it. And I thought, hmm, what am I going to do? So I have my little soul-winning New Testament in the door, and I thought, wow, what a novel idea. We'll read the Bible again, right? And it's like, I told Sherry, I said, you know how normal this used to be before these things? And, you know, and you'd go to work and you brought your Bible at break. You'd read your Bible, you know, it'd be in your lunchbox or whatever it would be. I mean, that was just normal, normal, normal. Now we have these things and what do they do? They just feed self. And the flesh, I know, you can get your Bible on here and read it, but it doesn't happen very often, all right? And I was like, wow, I'm really glad I left that thing at home. That was nice. And, uh, but we're so self-centered right now. And, uh, and we see getting Christians to serve God is not like it used to be. Before, listen, you'd have, if I called somebody, called a college, called somebody, said, hey, we need somebody to come labor here, you'd have a line of them. They're not going to do it. Why? By and large, and I, I am, I'm being serious, by and large, they're going to go to a large church to get a good salary, right, to live off of, and I get it, right? But I thought you, could, I thought you went into ministry to serve, right? I didn't come here for a salary. Right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, if, well, anyway, probably couldn't have got a salary anywhere else. But anyway, but no, I didn't do, you know, you know why? Because here's the thing. We believe in the depths of our soul, God said for us to come here. Now, whether the pay was there or not, that wasn't the point of it, right? The point of us serving God, we're, we've lost this. We've lost this. Listen, we've lost it in the pew or whatever these things are. <laughs> right? We've lost it in here. Everything is about us, you know. I'll come to church if it serves me. I'll, I'll, I'll do something if it serves me. I'll go knock doors if everything's just right and it serves me. I'll go do No, we are servants of the living God, right? And uh, see, now, Audra, I told you, it looks changed. No, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not even looking. That's what I do. I just quit looking. I just look straight ahead at the beam, and I don't have to look at anybody's face. God told Jeremiah, don't look at their faces, right? And so, anyway, God prepares us through adversity to be a servant to him, to serve him. And there's nothing greater than serving the creator God, the king of heaven. Nothing greater than serving him. And so, we're going to look at this in Moses' life. 
And we're going to see how God prepared him to do what he did. Number one, there is the protection of Jochebed, his wife, or his mother, I'm sorry. There is the provision of God. And thirdly, there is his purpose that God gave him. That's a gift. God gives us purpose in life. You say, well, my purpose doesn't seem very purposeful. Listen, if God puts somebody in your life to give the gospel to that can change your eternal destination, that's purpose. That's huge. Yeah, it absolutely is. So let's look at this here this morning, Exodus chapter 1. And we're going to kind of meander our way through here. And we notice the first thing off is, is the mother of Moses. And I know uh, the day we live in, the media, uh, entertainment, it belittles family values. It belittles, I should say, biblical family values. It belittles the role of father and mother. Now, thankfully, I don't, I mean, I, I see stuff every once in a while on a television somewhere. It could be out and about, but I don't get a lot. But I, I have noticed, I have noticed that uh, roles are always reversed. Notice this. Dad is a total buffoon. Mother only does, she only, she is like, she knows how to do everything right. And the kids are smarter than both of them. Right. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, it's how they portray it. And sadly, a lot of dads have been buffoons and it's your own stinking fault. Right. Grow up and be a man and lead your house. Right. Because the world's falling apart around us. Right. And, and you know, know what we're doing now? Grown men are doing. They're playing video games all day. Right. It's like grow up. Grow up. I don't know why my wife just can't stand me. Well, maybe because you're a child and she didn't want to marry a child. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, be, uh, OK. Yeah, I'm not. People are watching online maybe, too. So they'll get it. it's not just you. OK. But, but it's just the fact of the matter. Just just grow up. He had a good. Listen, Mo, Moses got a, a great uh, mother and father. Obviously, he had a wonderful mother. Society makes us uh, think that that is just the, the, the dumbest thing that there is. But can I tell you, children are suffering all over our, our country because of their parents. And the children, listen, the children always suffer. They're the, always the ones to suffer. They're always the ones to pay for it and uh, for, for, uh, for the bad behavior of fathers and mothers, right? And uh, thankfully, thankfully, no matter what we know about Moses' father, I'm thankful we know that about his mother. Do you realize, don't remember, uh, don't forget this. The Bible says to the ladies that the, the unbelieving husband will be won by the chaste conversation of the wife. What does that word conversation mean? Lifestyle. Amen. Yeah. Lifestyle. Oh, I'm going to get on a rant here in a minute. Uh, uh, an individual I knew was, was saved and her husband was lost. Yeah. And she would talk about some of the things, the way she would leave the house dressed and her own husband who was lost said, you're going out like that? And she just disregarded it. Right? The, 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 I, I was told one time by this individual about their daughter who would change when they went to school because their dad, their lost daddy didn't like it. And so she'd wear a certain thing and mama let it happen. No wonder your husband died lost. That is wicked. That is absolutely wicked and, and, and just devastating to think about. And, uh, but, it's, but it's out there. Listen, you moms, you have a huge role to play in your children's life. You have a huge role to play in your grandchildren's life. Every time that uh, Sherry has to go to watch the grandkids on, on Tuesday, we pray. We, we ask the Lord to help her to just uh, to, to be able to, to direct them to Jesus Christ and, and the way she deals with them and every aspect of, of how she plays and everything else with them, that it all, you know, that, that she is the stable force in their life. If nothing else is stable, that she would be stable, right? 
and direct them to, to God. They have a huge role to play. Absolutely. And, and so did Moses' mother. She had an incredible role to play. Newsweek stated this, the average mom at the home works 92 hours a week. Another found, study found that if the typical mother were paid for all the duties she did in the home, she would earn an average. Are you ready for this? Some of you are going to go, I got gypped. An average $138,095 a year in the business world. Yeah. But you know what? There's something greater than money. Yeah. It's when your children rise up and call you blessed. That's powerful. You can't buy that. You can't. Some tried to, and it didn't work. It doesn't work. It never works, right? And this is this is a wonderful thing. And uh, and uh, somebody said this: in the average day, a mother can be a taxi cab driver, a counselor, an engineer, a carpenter, an accountant, a judge, a motivational speaker, a teacher, a chef, a supervisor, personal assistant, event coordinator, an administrator, and a preacher. Yeah, and and uh, they can they can be the the warden too. When a punishment rolls around, right? <laughs> and uh, and you, they say you combine all those jobs together, that's where you come up with that crazy amount of money, right? Proverbs 31.10, who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Proverbs 31.28, I just quoted it for you. Her children shall rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also uh, praiseth her. So Moses was born into a wicked world. He was born into this Egyptian culture. He was born into it just like anybody else's children are born in today. And during this period in history, the Jews have been suffering, not for all of the 430 years, but most of it now, as the, after that new Pharaoh came along and the new Pharaohs, they've been suffering greatly under some difficulties. And one of the greatest trials that they're going to face is one of the laws and the edicts that came down by, from Pharaoh himself. And we know what it is, right? The firstborn, the first male child, what was he said? To kill him. To kill every one of the firstborn male children. God was preparing Moses. God was preparing Moses. And he helped prepare. Part of the preparation was through his mother. Through his mother. You say, my children are out of the house, right? The grandchildren are getting older. Listen, there are great, you can still have an effect on your children, on your grandchildren, on your great-grandchildren. You say, how do I do that? Well, number one, don't change. I know the world's changing, but you know what? Listen, you've seen it in your life. You've looked back at your, your maybe you had godly parents somewhere, or maybe you had godly grandparents or something else. And one of the greatest things in your life when, when life was uncertain was to look back at somebody, even if maybe it wasn't a parent or somebody else. You look back at somebody who was stable, who didn't change. I mean, they, they weren't like super Christian over here, and they weren't like, you know, pastor in a church of 10,000. They were just stable I mean, just going along, serving God. They never change. They never change. Boy, that's stable. That helps. That helps a lot, right? They don't have to be super duper, do they? Right? Your mother didn't have to do anything just crazy out there, but she was... I mean, I, I, it's all I know is, boy, you could look at Miss Nona, and she, didn't, she, she was just stable, just changed. She was always here, you know, loved the things of God, loved the church, right? Boy, that's a, that, does, that helps a lot, doesn't it? Dad, I know the same way. You know, your folks the same way, Audra. Just... Yeah, they're all human. I know, but boy, there's a stability there and grounded in the things of God that help you when, when life isn't, isn't going so hot, right? Absolutely. This was the protection of Moses' mother. This was the protection of Jochebed. Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi who took to a wife 
a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. She wanted to see what was going to happen to him and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to uh, wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside and when she saw the ark among the flags she sent her maids to fetch it and she opened it she saw the child and behold the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said this is one of the Hebrew children. And then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maids went and called the child's mother. I mean, we have looked at this over and over again. You're so familiar with this passage. What a wonderful thing it is to watch the providence of God. And I say this, the humor of God. To say, okay, you're going to try to take out... These these uh, Hebrews, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna make sure one doesn't go, and I'm even gonna let its own mother nurse him. Who knows what his his mother got to teach him? He knew that he was a Hebrew. His mother got to spend time with him, and so here it is the pr- the protection of his own mother from the threat of evil. You know what else mothers are are supposed to do? They're supposed to attack protect from the attacks of Satan. I know things have changed in the world, and I, I know many in here, the children are gone, but maybe, maybe you're watching online this morning or watching a recording one of these days later in the future. You're watching this. Isn't that weird to say? That's weird. And, uh, and you're watching this, and let me tell you, your responsibility as a mother is to protect your children from the world, to protect them from the world. Talking to our daughter, our oldest daughter last night, and the, and the things I was saying, boy, I'm, I'm really glad I'm not raising children today. I mean, the things that are out there, the phones, the internet, the things that they have access to. I, I was telling her, I said, the only thing we had in the house that was coming along was email. How many remember Juno email that was dial-up, right? And there was one little file folder, and I don't know, I think, I don't even, I, I know Katie and Kendra didn't have email. Who were they going to email? I think it was just uh, Tamar and Philip and... We, there's one, I mean, everybody could read everybody's email. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, there's not your account. I mean, there was just one little, th- I mean, this is all we had to deal with, right? Didn't have TV, didn't have to deal with, you know, TV and movies and all of these things. Didn't have to deal with the internet. It wasn't out there really, right? At least we didn't have it. Uh, well, I know we got a, one of those discs free in the mail that we, those dial-up things of AOL. We tried that out for the free trial for about a, a couple days anyway, but uh, it was easy. It was easy. Some of y'all that raised kids in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, I mean, it was a lot easier than it is today. And the things that they are going through now to protect their kids. She said, she's like, they're not, you know, one of the little kids at the party was over on just looking at an iPad. And she's like, there's no way my kid's sitting there on a, without me knowing what's going on. Right? There is no way. Because in a minute, listen, do you know, in a minute they can be exposed to something. I am not being sensational. They can be exposed to something that forever changes their life. Listen, there are those, there are little kids that are born with, they're born with photographic memories and they can see an, an image of nudity or whatever else that will forever be embedded in their mind. And it could start them on a trajectory of addiction. I'm saying I am not... I am not being sensational trying to scare people. That is a fact. It is a fact. 
Just like this marijuana stupidity that's out there. It's ridiculous. One hit of marijuana, if you have, if you have uh, mental disorders, uh, re- recessive in you that is in your family, one hit of marijuana can flip the switch to that. And you will forever, you can forever be bipolar, manic, and all these things. I'm telling you, it brings that out. I think that's why we're seeing so much of it anymore. There's so many people on drugs right now. Yeah. And they say, oh, it's just marijuana. It, makes, it, helps, it helps me feel better. It does not. Stop it. There's no medicinal value in smoking anything. Anything. Right? You can say, well, the, the oils. Okay, fine. Go get it in a pill and take an oil. Okay? Right? You know, there's something that doesn't have THC in it or whatever, you know, the drugs in it. If, 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 but I, listen, you're not. It's not. It's, it's not good. And it's not good. Listen, it's the job of the mother to protect their children in the home. Yeah. And uh, if you're, if you're uh, a, a uh, soon-to-be mother out there, can I tell you this? Do whatever you can to stay home with them. It is hard to protect them when you're sending them off to a public school, right? I'm telling you, you get them, they get them for eight, think about that, eight hours, seven to eight hours a day. And then if, and if you're really not careful, they're going to come home and get three to four hours of it on a TV or a computer. How do you fight that? How do you fight that? Son-in-law said it last night, you know, said something about uh, people make statement about homeschoolers are weird, right? You know, they get that, and he goes, well, I, actually, that's normal. That's, this is how kids used to be. This is normal. The kids in the public, that's, that's not normal, right? Have you ever watched them out there? You ever watched them role play these cartoons, they, these weird anime cartoons? They're creepy, man. They're not normal. Right? What am I saying? Protect them. Protect them. You get grandkids at your house? Hey, just it's your house. Protect them. <clears throat> no, you're not going to watch that. No, we're going to tell you what. Let's do this. Let's do, it, it, you can do that, all right? This, is what, this was the preparation for Moses, was his mother that protected him from evil. They set, she set, you know, what do you do? You set boundaries. You give warnings. You set examples. You, you're wise. You're alert to those things that are good. And you teach them the word of God, right? Practice forgiveness. Oh, that's huge. I mean, you have a great role to play in the home. Absolutely. I brought you to this before. and We're not going to get very far in this today. I'm just ranting on this stuff. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Um, I brought you this before, but over in Proverbs, it speaks specifically about the commandment of the father and the law of the mother. We've all been on the planet long enough in here. Well, Micah hasn't, but no dispersion, no dispersion at all. But I'm just saying, it's just the fact that we've watched pendulum swings within uh, teaching the Bible. And for one time, for a while, it's, Every bit of it's always the woman's fault. And then the pendulum swung to it's all the man's fault. And listen, no, the Bible sets down always. We're never in pendulum swings in the Word of God. It's always when, when, Adam, and, when Adam and Eve sinned, God brought Eve into judgment. He brought Adam into judgment. And he brought the serpent into judgment. All right? Everybody, God brings everybody in for their part. And we've got to stay away from those pendulum swings. They're not healthy. But that in Proverbs, it says, you know, for, for the son, don't forsake the, the commandment of your, don't forget, the, forsake the, the commandment of your father and don't forget the law of your mother. Commandment and law. I, I've told you this before. What are the commandments? Why do dads have commandments? Well, they have generalities. The Ten Commandments, they're a generality, right? Why? Because dads are out of the home. Dads are working. They should be. <laughs> they're out working. 
They're outside of the home, you know, sometimes 7, 8, 10, 12 hours a day laboring. And so what do they do? They have a direction. <clears throat> if they're a godly man, they have a direction for their home set by the word of God. What is it? You're not going to lie. You're not going to steal. You're not going to you're not going to backtalk. You you know, you you you're not going to watch this. You know, there's generalities, but the law of the mother, what is the law? The law is the minutia, the day-to-day operation of those generalities, right? 10 generalities. Right? You're like, I don't know. I think he had about 400. But whatever. And so what do you do on a day-to-day basis with the little ones? Whether it's your kids or your grandkids. No, 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 yes, no, yes, no, you're, nope, nope. Right. Powerful. Absolutely powerful. Don't minimize the role of your role if you're a mother, your role if you're a grandmother, the role of your in-laws, the uh, maybe daughter-in-laws or whatever that you're trying to help. Listen, don't minimize. Let them know they have a huge role and a huge responsibility and in a, in, in just a, a, a massive job in raising children. And don't let the world let them think it's nothing because that's what they do. It's like, no, your real value is in you know breaking the glass ceiling and making as much as the man does. Have you ever noticed they don't want to be bricklayers? They don't want to put tar on a roof. They don't want to go to war and start shooting guns, right? It's like, listen, just stick with God's roles. They work. They're a blessing. And you can, listen, the world isn't doing so hot, all right? So just ignore them. How about we do that? The protection of Jochebed. What a, what a wonderful mother that he had. Not only that, secondly, the provision of the Lord. Let me give you a verse I, I skipped over, I should have given you. From the threat of evil, Hebrews 11.23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You know what I think happened here? He said his parents, not just Jochebed. Dad had a generality. We're not killing our son. It's not happening. Mama showed up and said, we'll tell you what, we'll do this. She made the basket. That's what it says in Exodus. She made, she made the basket. She got a pitch within her, she got it all prepared. And what did she do? She was carrying out the commandment of the Father. It's, it's not happening. What happened? This is, this is a proper biblical uh, um, view of a godly home. Mother and father within their roles working together uh, for the betterment of their home, for the betterment of their children. And this was a preparation. It was, actually was a preparation. We're, we're thankful for those mothers that, that, that did that. And uh, I'm trying to think where I want to go. What time is it? Let me stop here today. We'll stop here. And uh, we will uh, pick this up, Lord willing, next week on the preparation of Moses. Uh, preparation Moses. Listen, folks, our, our homes are in a mess today. Our homes are in a mess. Uh, it's, uh, the roles have been reversed. And not only that, the roles are just upside down. Gee, isn't it weird that we're dealing in the day today? This is, this is actual, an actual story I read. The man got a surgery to become a woman. His wife got the surgery to become the man. They switched. And that one of the children was trans as well. And they got, I mean, just, we are living in a bizarre, bizarre way. It's a bizarre time. It really is. 
You have, you have parents that are dragging their kids, mothers, mothers, dragging their children to the hospital saying, no, he's a girl and he's going to have a surgery. I've read an article before and the child was like, I don't want this. No, no, this is, and they get some psychologist, you know, to agree with it. Yeah, that's probably better for him. I'm telling you, they both need shot in the head. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, it's abuse. They have killed a child, killed that child. Oh, no, it's still breathing. No, you killed it. You killed that child. Absolutely, you did. And I, I would not be opposed if the government carried out capital punishment for such a crime as that. Hey, yeah, they ought to carry it out for rape and they ought to carry it out for something like that. You've destroyed somebody and killed them and uh, changed their life. It's wicked, 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 wicked. And uh, this, is the, this is the day we're living in. But you, you and I, we have an opportunity. The darker it gets, the brighter light gets, right? I'm telling you, people are noticing. They'll notice your home when it's in order. They will notice your home when it's biblical. They will notice it. And whether you realize it or not, I know we're past that age, but I, uh, and the kids, most of us in here, the kids are out of the house. But I know this, we sure had a lot of kids at our house because they just want to be at our house, right? You know why I believe that is? Well, number one, it was fun, right? And I think number two, as much as we tried as much as possible to be a biblical home that was balanced, that was in order, right? That the roles were, were correct. I had my role. Sherry had her role. And uh, you know what? It's, it's a comforting place to be when everything is in, in gravity in the home. It's, people want to be there. They, they really do. And, uh, and you talk about an opportunity for the gospel. That's a great opportunity. It absolutely, those young people that we probably never see again. I don't know if I, the, the ones that have come through our home. I don't know where they are. They've grown up. They've got their own families now. You have no idea. Listen, do you think of things in your childhood of, a, of a, somebody's life that made an impact on you? Well, they will too. They're going to look back. And they're going to look at those times. And hopefully what happens is they look back and they go, why was that so different? Right? It's an avenue. And uh, the Lord begins to work on them and they begin to be drawn to them. And uh, don't, don't minimize a role as, as simple as that. You don't have to always get on the street corner with a sandwich board and preach at people going by. It's, it's a great thing to do. But even, even the simplest things of obedience have a profound impact on people's life. The way you're at home, the way you're at, at, at work, the way you drive your car, Brother Jim, right? The way you, the way you talk to yourself uh, while you're driving. I mean, uh, there's nobody else to talk to, right? I mean, I have some of the best arguments with me, and uh, I get a lot. <laughs> I do win all the time. That's why I do it. So, anyway, I've had a couple stalemates, but anyway. So, let's pray. Uh, let's, don't, don't minimize the role that God has for the home and has for the mother and for the grandmother. For the mother-in-law, listen, you have a huge role to play. And it, listen, it is a part of God's, it was a part of God's preparation for Moses. And you don't know what you're being used for in somebody else's life. Father, thank you this morning. Uh, Lord, we're all on a journey. You have a will for our life that we might know. You said over in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the perfect will of God. And uh, even at the stage of life that we're in, we kind of think of that verse so often for just for a young person looking out over the, the years ahead of them. And, and we think sometimes that's just for them, but it's still for us as well. You have a perfect will for our life. And we are, you desire to use us to be effective in somebody else's life for the plan that you have for them. 
And for some people, the first plan that you have is salvation. They need to be born again and they need to hear the gospel from us. And after that, you have another plan of how you're going to use them in the family. And uh, Lord, you use us for that. Lord, help us not to let the world minimize the role in the home and the role for us. And uh, Lord, would you use us in a great way that we would be servants of the living God, that we'd be good servants, that one day we would hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, servant. Lord, we want to be that, and I pray you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen. You got a few minutes? Wow, look at that.